row by row Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch, row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down It is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street Colchester, with Mega Monday coupons each week. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores, four to serve you in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, your family-owned lumber mill that has all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need, right there on Route 15 in Walcott. And by the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Telephone lines are open for your garden comments and your garden questions. 244-1777. That's the um, 802 local number, 244 244- one seven seven seven, and here's the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. <laughs> hey, Joel, how are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. Oh, good. Trying good. to find out what my dog just found and ate, but <laughs> whatever it is, it's gone. Okay, <laughs> he's better than a vacuum cleaner. Well, I tell you, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no potato chips are ground into the carpet around here. Yep. No, yep. No. Well, speaking of potato chips, uh, we've been harvesting a bunch of our potatoes. And um, uh, they look beautiful. And so much fun harvesting potatoes with my grandsons. And they get such a thrill out of those little red. I got the little red ones. They're so good. Yeah, yeah, they're they're great. And um, so we have, um, well, we've been harvesting potatoes. And we started harvesting some tomatoes. Beets and carrots and onions, and uh, I have to harvest a whole bunch of basil uh, tomorrow or maybe later this afternoon, and make pesto. That's my one of my projects for this weekend is yeah. making pesto. My purple uh, basil I let go to flowers. They're mm. beautiful little white flowers. Because mm. mm-hmm. people told me they grow them ornamentally as oh. well as. As well as you know, to harvest. You steal I, a leaf every now and then. I, yeah, I do, I do, and it, it tastes very basilly, but uh, not as basilly as the old good old green basil. So I can understand why some people prefer them as ornamental plants. Here's their beautiful deep purple leaves and little white flowers at um, blossoming time. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're great though. Um, uh, our ba- the basil now is right at its peak, so it's time to start harvesting. And uh, people do it differently. I usually just sort of pick the big leaves from the bottom up, yep. and then leave the tops to keep growing some more. And I'll cut those tops if I don't need any more basil. So um, the uh, and then I'll dry those tops. Mm-hmm. 
right along. Uh, one, well, yeah, exactly what I do. We have a call right off the bat. So oh, let's okay. Let's not discourage our listeners. Well, no, of course not. Right in there. So your first name in town? I'm Hello. Warner Wolcott. Hey, Warner. How are you? Good. I, I, I just have a question for, uh, you know, the... Yep. Go ahead. Uh, I, I want to know, I, we're working on a job site with some uh, mulch hay. Yep. And some mushrooms grew out of them. Yeah, yeah, sure. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Are they safe to eat? Nope. Nope, not at all. No, no I wouldn't touch them not with a... I actually would not even touch them. That's that's okay. how poisonous a, a, a poisonous mushroom is. Is sometimes even a small piece uh, can can uh, without identifying it exactly. And most yeah, of your black they have black caps on them, and then yeah. they uh, yeah no ten foot pole. Yep, definitely stay I, away from I thought them. Anything that grew out of the wood was safe to eat, but I don't know about hay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch any mushroom without a a, a positive identity from the either a, a master mushroomer or a book. And even then, I I would rely on somebody who's been out there and knows their mushrooms. Okay. We we grow shiitake mushrooms, and it's really easy to grow mushrooms. Uh, well, no, it it's not easy. But it's not difficult, so it's uh, it's methodical. You have to when you're growing mushrooms. So, uh, I would stay with the the homegrown mushrooms and uh, those from uh, the farmers market, and stay far away from those grown out of the. Are are they fake? I mean, spores or something that they they grew one day and they were dead the next. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds like um, uh, one that you would not eat. Definitely. Okay. I, I just want to know that. I okay. didn't know if they were, I we want you around for next week for the show, right? What's that? I said we want you here for next next week to listen to the show. Yeah, we don't want I you. I love listening to you. You're great. I, 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 you've got great information. I actually had a tomato that size of a softball. Oh, oh, my God. Fantastic. Okay. That's well, great. Thank you for that information. I will not touch those. You're very welcome. Yep. Okay. Thank That's you. the safe yeah, side. Thank okay. Thank you. I'm glad he decided to call before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, you read a book on mushrooms, and, yeah. and they talk about if you get a little bit under your fingernail and happen to ingest it, it'll, you know, it goes right through your liver, and, you know, you're it's days until you die. So, you know, that really discourages you from, from trying something out, you know. Yeah. When I was a kid, they'd say, oh, if you put a silver dime in with and you cook it, if it turns black, then it's not, not safe, you know. And I'm thinking... Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that reminds me of my one of my favorite uh, Charles Adams cartoons, you know, the Adams mm-hmm. family. And mm-hmm. the, uh, they're all based on the Adams. Anyway, that's a picture of a supermarket of two identical, uh, you know, in the, in the, po- in the uh, grocery section, two identical, identical bins of what appear to be mushrooms. And, the, and one of them says, mushrooms, 85 cents a pound. And the other one says, has a big question mark. <laughs> Five cents a pound. <laughs> We've got Norm in uh, Bristol for you right now. Here we go. Hey, Norm. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine, Peter. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, I have a couple of questions. One is about black raspberries. Yeah. 
Have you grown those before? Oh, I used to with my dad, but not here in Vermont, no. All right. Uh, I don't, maybe you had this problem when you were with your dad. Yeah. Uh, as, the, as the petals fall off, the blossoms, shortly afterwards, you know, there's a cluster of yeah. developing sure. yeah. uh, berries. Yep. Some it, of them will turn black and not produce uh you know a berry they'll just you know shrivel up mm, mm. have you seen that before well i've seen it in my blackberries not my you know because yeah. i don't grow the the black raspberries i grow, right. grow blackberries but um do you can you detect any kind of a, a worm or a bug in there have you pulled one out and not, sort of dissected it not for those no um i have found uh, on the canes themselves, developing canes, as they come up from the base yeah. of the uh, black raspberry, that's the main cane. There's other, you know, yep. secondary canes that pop up here and there, but sure. that one there is the one that's really going to be the big producer for mm -hmm. all of right. here. Mm -hmm. As that grows, there'll be the top of the cane will start to turn like purplish, Mm -hmm. And die back. And shrivels, yeah. So you, you have insect. some sort of a virus uh, then. I, I'm familiar with that, and, I, and actually I see those on the black blackberries as well. And it's, yeah. a, it's definitely a virus. Now, do you cut your canes? A couple of things. One is you, you make sure you have your black raspberries in rows so that there's air circulation oh, yeah. between them. I've been doing this for years. Oh, okay, so yeah. yeah. So with, with wires holding them up. Right, and then you do you trim them back in the fall or in the spring so that I they're... Do, I, I do when they get to be about three to three and a half feet tall, I'll uh -huh. nip the top. Yeah, okay. You need and that produce your, produces your side laterals. Right, okay. Which you can, I guess you probably know this, but you from the main cane out along a side lateral, mm -hmm. about a hand span, you clip that off in the spring. Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, and they will root themselves, if, and they'll get 10 or 12 feet long sometimes. Oh, yeah. Those side laterals. Yeah, you have to be careful with that for sure. Was when they touch the ground, they actually produce a plant. They start <laughs> producing roots, so you can you can actually transplant those and fill in your rows where they're weak. You know, yeah, they're, they're real good. But it, it yeah. sounds like somewhere along the line, you've got a virus that uh, that's um, infected your your plants there. So probably the best shot is to. Uh, um, it may not work this year, but you could try it. Uh, the the copper um, fungicide. I've done that. Yeah, uh, no that luck quickly. with that. That you didn't have, help. You have to time it just right. Yeah, I was going to ask you when you did it. Yeah, yeah. You have to time it as soon as the the petals drop off the blossoms. Yeah. That that's the key, I think, right there. Uh -huh. I've been a little bit lax. Okay. Uh, this year, and, yeah. and I noticed it over the years. If I don't get it. That just right. Sprayed with copper. Yeah. At the right time. But yep. I did have a very good crop this year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. A lot of people said the berries were good this year, and they were last year too. So we've been lucky. Oh yeah, I've been doing this for like 30 years. No kidding. Uh, where'd you get yeah. your uh, your original raspberry, black raspberries? Oh God, I think I sent away for yeah, yeah. I sent away for them um, a mail order company. Huh. Uh, uh, I was under the impression that black raspberries were, it was a little too cold for them in no, Vermont, but no. no? 
Oh, there are wild ones all over the place, and these domesticated mm. ones do just as well. Mm. I've got uh, side laterals now that are eight feet long. So they're bending over, they're filling in the rows. I got like eight feet in between rows, and there's so much growth, and that happens every year. So it's not a big, you know. So you're saying the side laterals and and those you have growing along the your wires is that the way they do? Or oh they? yeah, they're they're I keep them contained inside the wire. Yeah. The, wire, the rows themselves are about oh I say four feet wide. Huh. And oh. uh, yeah. Hmm. So you have to really pay special attention to them because they can get out of hand, but. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that's their job is to get out of hand. That's that's their yeah. that's their you know instinct right there. Um, one thing you might try and and uh, or maybe you have already tried, but to to thin them out a little bit more than you than you usually do, because right. the, most of those viruses are are because they aren't drying out completely. And uh, and just remember, every night um, when the uh, dew settles in on them, they're getting wet, and so they need to be able to dry out completely to um, during the day. And yeah. if if they're a little too tight, how how many canes do you leave in? Well, the rows are about uh, probably fifty to sixty feet long. Yeah. And, like I said, about three and a half to four feet wide. Yeah. And uh, I have posts on either end of those rows and one in the middle. Yeah, okay. With cross pieces and eye hooks in there. Mm -hmm. And then I just run the wires through there to support the wire. Sure. And tight, tighten them up as tight as you can. Yep. And, uh, but they'll, like, even right now, they're sagging already oh, yeah. Because, yeah. because of the weight of the plants. Weight of the plants, yeah. Yeah. So... Well, yeah, it's, I, had, I had very bad luck with blackberries this year, too. I've got some insect that's doing a lot of girdling. I yeah. don't know if it's a redneck borer or what it is, but they didn't produce very well at all for the first time, and they've been out there for at least 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can't really move them, and you, and you really can't yeah. replace them, so you, you're going to have to try a few other things. Like, like I said, a, a little bit more air in, in that row. Um, right. And then, then yeah. the copper, like you say, is uh, uh, yeah. inter blossom drop there. So yeah, I, I think thought it might be a natural thing of thinning them because the berries, you know, especially the black raspberries, they're so tight in that cluster. But mm -hmm. as they grow, mm -hmm. the stems start to grow also, and they spread apart mm -hmm. in that cluster. So they're not real tight once they get mature. Yeah. So uh, the black raspberry is is similar, right? You, it bears on the second year, more or less. This year's green canes, canes will be next year's fruit, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and you take out all the old canes the in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Usually, I used to take them out in the spring, but I'm going to take them out in the fall this year and see if that mm -hmm. makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something yeah. new that I haven't tried before. Yeah. There you go. Uh, one okay, more no, one one more thing for the honey do list uh, in the fall, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I figured it's time. You know, they make them look a lot better too. Uh, those dead canes are already snapping off in your hands. You yeah. Know, so they're all dry and yep. ready to get out of there. Mm, uh, mm. One more one more quick question. Sure. Uh, I've been growing some uh, pumpkins this year, and I noticed over the years that I've grown them, along the vine, there'll be some that turn yellow as they're developing. They're kind of a smallish 
size. Yeah. And they'll turn yellow and drop off. Now, yeah. Is that a fungal disease or? Um, I, I, it's sort of like, uh, do you grow zucchini at all? Yes, I do, but okay. not together. They're quite a no, well, you see, when um, the zucchini will actually set a fruit, but if it isn't really pollinated, it'll shrivel up and drop off. Right. And that's uh, that's more a function of it having not been pollinated. So it's, you know, there's not much you can do about it. What about Just, the pumpkins, though? Is that the same thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it, 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 started, it started to grow, but since it wasn't pollinated properly it it won't grow okay some are and yeah and, and yep. some of them are yeah so it's just that the bees aren't doing their job <laughs> that's right something like that okay. you have to get out there with your q-tip old buddy <laughs> well that's what i was thinking you know i heard you talk about that before and i said i've got to get Q-tip out there. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but you'll notice that in squashes right along. Uh, you know, they. If you look at your cucumbers, you know, you'll see see one right in the middle of the bunch that just turns yellow, and it's you know it drop yeah. right off, and that's just it's just a matter of that. And I I don't really understand how it actually produces the ball, but it sure seems to, and it's just by observation, I'm yeah, I'm going it. by. And they usually always have a blossom mm -hmm. right on it. Mm -hmm. So, and that is the female blossom, the one that grows from the developing fruit. Yeah, it is. Well, you, I, you know, some varieties blossom. are sort of ambidextrous. You know, they 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 don't yeah. need to have a, a male flower or a you know a female flower. It just needs some pollen. That's all. These are the super sweets or whatever the little small ones. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. So are they are they the ones mm. that are ambidextrous? I don't know. I'd I'd have to we'd have to look it up. You know, it's uh, okay. but I always yeah. grow lots of uh, lots of cucumbers, so there's lots of flower, flowers around. Now I had one one particular uh, one particular brand that I planted like 25, and out of that 25, one came up. Really? <laughs> I Ooh, was so surprised. Yeah, and yeah. then of course the pickling ones. Every single thing came up, and I've got a ton of those. Yeah, but. the smaller ones seem to do better, don't they? Yeah, yep. And they're they're great. I use them in the salads and everything else. So what the heck? Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much. Peter. Sure thing. Yep. <laughs> okay, thank you. And we have callers on the line. I thank oh. you for being patient, everybody. Sure. Nancy in Morrisville. Nancy, in how are you? Hello, and thank you. I'm fine. Hope you guys are. Um, I have several questions, if time permits, mostly about tomatoes. Okay. Um, I've got several varieties, a couple of cherry tomato varieties, a San Marzano, and uh, one or two of the bigger. Oh, I've got a better boy as well. Yeah. Um, so they are quite prolific. Yep. I, I happily, I, my garden is showing quite nicely. Yep. Um, loaded with green tomatoes and I'm wondering if if I would trim the flowers now because they are still blooming mm -hmm. will that promote ripening of the existing green ones well um, it it will it probably will help a little bit but I, I, it's the reason I tr trim those out is that they're never going to make it 
And uh, because uh, those little flowers, as much as it's sort of hard to do, it's just sort of like pruning your apples. Um, as much as it's hard to do, you might just as well go ahead and, and clip them out. I was looking at my tomato plants this morning and thinking, oh, I hate to do it, but it's probably time to, to cut the um, just the flowers. I leave the leaf, but I just snip out the, that little bit of flower because they're not gonna, probably not going to mature. Now the San Marzanos I grew, I grew, have grown, and I find that the season is too short in Central Vermont. Now, you probably have a little longer season than we do, but um, it's it's hard to get them to to ripen. I, and I had ended up having to ripen them in a in the paper bag, you know. So I don't know. I this year I did the uh, what was it called maybe the Nova anyway it was a small uh, Roma tomato and the and those are great because they're already ripening and they're they're in clumps of about ten and mm. and they're there's a size that uh, is definitely ripening and I should have a a good haul of those. Wow. Okay. And, um. Go ahead. What was the what was the other uh, thing? Actually, the San Marzanos are, are beginning to ripen, which thrills me to no yeah, end. Yeah, they're um, beautiful. Yep, that's yeah, it. One called a Muscovich, I think. Yep. And I've researched a little. The problem seems to be blossom end rot. Yep. Yep. Blossom end what, rot. What might I do about that? Well, um, uh, the first thing you can do for, for immediate is you can mix up a, a tablespoon of Epsom salt in a gallon of water and water them. Oh. Uh, and then some people actually use it as a foliar spray. The uh, um, And generally speaking, a, uh, if you get a specific tomato uh, liquid tomato fertilizer, you may be able to get enough. Uh, the problems are mag- magnesium and, and calcium deficiency. Yeah. Usually if you have enough compost in there, it's enough. But, um, you know, I, I actually looked at one tomato this morning and I had blossom end rot and I thought, well, geez, <laughs> don't I have enough compost in there? <laughs> so okay. it it definitely happens, and uh, it, it, for some reason or another, those are two things that a tomato plant has some problems absorbing from the soil, and so it needs plenty of it. And okay. the Epsom salt will work uh, uh, as wow. a, a if immediately, and that's probably your best bet right now. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have, let's see, it's the one called Better Boy. Yep. have black leaf spots, and the leaf frond yellows. Um, and then, I mean, I'm throwing away anything that's dead material to keep the garden clean because yeah. it's really close. Yeah, right. That's, that's all you can do, really, is to try to... Um, uh, the... Uh, it's some sort of a virus on there, but generally it's not um, it's not a fatal thing. You can use the uh, the spray, the copper spray that we were just talking okay. about. You can we use that. that. Yeah, and and this is a good time of year to start that as a routine. Uh, we don't really know yet if the um, you know the uh, uh, the other virus is going to show up. You know the late blight, but it okay. it will show up sometime soon if it's going to and that copper spray will be a good preventative 
So it'll help. It'll help with that, and it'll help with the other. And of course, take out all the lower leaves and give it plenty of air, and let it. You know, that's good. Yeah, I loved your. I had, was now familiar with the idea of when tomato plants start fruiting mm-hmm. to remove any mm-hmm. of the lower leaves. Yep. And happily, I did that because, <laughs> as I said, the garden's very tight. Yeah. Um, if there's time. My squashes, uh, as in zucchinis and yellow squashes, are getting some rot in the stems where the stem, or where the, where the leaf joins the stem, and also where the stem comes out of the ground. They're getting some kind of a rot. They're, oh, pasty inside. And I, I don't see any bugs or anything. I don't seem to see any fungus, et cetera. Hmm. Hmm. And, and this is on your, on your summer squash and your yeah. zucchini? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got butternuts growing right next door, and they're mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm one of those people that did not have a surplus of zucchini <laughs> this summer. <laughs> well, uh, one of the guys at work said, oh, he's got some of those uh, baseball bat-sized zucchinis. And I said, well, listen, there's no such thing as too much zucchini. And uh, that, of course, is one of the summer jokes here is don't leave your, your car unlocked during the summer. Right. Uh, but uh, what we do with those big zucchinis is uh, we chop them up and blanch them and puree them, put them in a, f- in a plastic bag and freeze them. And they make a, yep. a terrific soup stock when you're during the winter. And it's so easy just to... Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so, so baseball size v- zucchini is just fine. Now, about that stem rot, though, I'm, I'm trying to think of what would cause that. And this is right at the right where it goes in the ground. The root is is yeah. right where it's rooted. Yep. And the a zucchini sort of has almost like a trunk. You know, it doesn't all come out of the center. It sort of has a, a, a you know, say like an inch and a half or two inch trunk that goes along, and then the zucchini come off of it. Right. And uh, so, is is it killing the plant? Is are the leaves are are um, uh, wilted and stuff? It, it does, yes, eventually kill the plant. So I have removed whatever remains of the stem, including the roots. Mm-hmm. Well, it, if you see that again, uh, take a look inside the stem itself. Sort of take a knife and, and slice it down the middle and see if you see the, uh, the squash bug in there. Because oh, there okay. could easily be a, a squash bug in there. I don't know of a particular virus that, that hits the stem like that, but... You know, anything's possible, I suppose. Okay. But that, um, yeah, I yeah I trimmed earlier today, and I haven't pitched that. Yeah, into take the a, compost yet. Take so. a look, you know, uh, because uh, that sort of get you give you a tip, you know, what to watch out for. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> One last question, if sure. I may. Sure, um, of course, Nancy. I've heard of using baking uh, baking soda solution yeah. to spray, especially under the leaves, to prevent some fungus. Are you familiar with that? Yes, sure. Um, uh, what do they call it? Powdery mildew? Is that the one? Yeah, powdery mildew. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get those white sort of uh, spots. Matter of fact, I noticed that the... Um, my comfrey, the comfrey that's getting a little older now, that's finished blossoming, has has got the powdery mildew on it. So I got to cut that down and put it over the hill because uh, I don't want it to spread onto the squash plants that are just about to run over it. 
Yeah. Yeah, apparently it works as a pH. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. It changes the pH. Mm-hmm. Um, the, how, what concentrate is it? Is it a tablespoon to a gallon? <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, I'm going to have to take a look. Let's see here now. It's been a little while since I've done that one. Um, But the the other thing I was going to say is that even a... um uh, even like a, a manure tea or a serenade or, um, you know, different sprays that are out there, you can use. Uh, the other one that's common is milk, using a milk solution. And uh, uh, so, as you say, it just... Uh, changes the pH enough that it, it uh, but you, you sort of want to, um, you want to get at it before it starts. But if you, I've already started, I would give it a shot. It won't hurt anything. Um, let's see now. So baking soda is a tablespoon and a half teaspoon of liquid soap, like a Castile, not a detergent, mm-hmm. uh-huh, in a gallon. That's the... Yep, that's the mix okay. right there. A tablespoon of baking soda and a half a teaspoon? Half a teaspoon. Really, really small amount. That's just a wedding agent, that's all. So you want yeah, a, like a Castile soap, something that's, uh, you know, not a, not a detergent. Sure. Wow. And I've done it actually without the, without the detergent, if you don't happen to have anything like that. And uh, so, or one part milk to three parts of water. So if you do, uh, you know, a quart of, of, well, a quart might be a little too much. But anyway, if you did theoretically a quart of milk, you'd have three quarts of water to it. (laughs) Isn't that something? Yeah, Yeah. the first time I've heard of it. Okay. No, really? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the home remedies. And, you know, of course, you can use other stuff, too. I mean, there's all kinds of, um, you know, disinfectant kind of stuff that you can get. But uh, like like the liquid copper fungicide, that, that works as well. If, if you're mixing up a batch for your tomatoes, you could use that on those, and that would work as well. But the old-time remedies are definitely milk and baking soda. Cool. Okay. This has been most helpful. Thank you again. (laughs) Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye now. Yeah. Okie dokie. Well, thank you. And uh, let me just do a quick ID here so we can let people know. We have people on the line. 96.1 WDEV FM Warren. 96.5 W243AT Berry. 98.3 W252CU Montpelier. AM 550 WDEV Waterbury. And uh, let us go to Marsha in Barry. Hey, Marsha. Hi. (laughs) What's up? Hi, I wanted to give give you a progress report on my popcorn. <laughs> okay, great. That I talked to you about yep. a long time, time, long yep. time ago. Sure, how's and it going? Is that the black popcorn? Is that the one? No, it's oh, the yellow. It's the yellow, okay, yep. It's the yellow. Yep. It's tasseling, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm really, really thrilled to, to, to see that. <laughs> this is... Um, this is uh, this is popcorn that I got from high from high mowing. Yep. It's called Tom Thumb. Yep. It's an heirloom hybrid from New New Hampshire, and they're yellow, 
criminals. Great. And I and I couldn't plant it until the fourth of June, July because it was just too hot for me to mm-hmm. get 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 out. I I I, I can't take. I understand I, completely. I'm with you. Humidity, <laughs> but I plant plant planted it then. Yep. And I'm very very thrilled. It's 85 days, so mm-hmm. I hope it's due in late September. We've. We've had good uh, good corn weather for sure. I, I've noticed uh, Fairmont Farms and all the the farmers around uh, East Montpelier have got beautiful corn right now. Mm. Well, I'm um, I've had fertilized it once a week with fish emulsion, mm-hmm. and um, I know at this uh, this isn't sub 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 this isn't the, it's not supposed to be any higher than three feet, which is fine for me because yeah. I'm four, eight and a half. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my size. And the uh, the stalks are now be, be now a little bit above two and a half feet. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, and um, you said you had the tassels now, right? Yeah. They, so that's yeah, the beginning right there. This mm-hmm. this week, so I so I was really thrilled. Well, congratulations! And, <laughs> yeah, and I know because I heard heard you talk last 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 week about tasseling corn, and you said at at this point it take takes a lot more water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm gonna put 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 up some pie pie plates with eyes on them to yeah. try to scare things think things off yep that's and, the next challenge yep right so <laughs> i'm just wondering any any suggestions and guidance at this point sounds like you're doing everything right uh, you oh, know you good. do have to protect them and and you're feeding them water and that's all that's all perfect and they're, they're heavy feeders so i'm sure they appreciate their their uh, their weekly waterings Okay, yeah, the Great. once a week feeding is enough, and yep. just keep keeping oh, yeah. more watered. And... Yep. All right. So, um, and you must like popcorn if you're growing popcorn. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I One of my it. wife's favorite, too. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't, can't eat the reg can't eat the regular corn anymore but yeah. i but i was cha- challenged by hearing that pop popcorn is good and yeah. it doesn't and we'll see what we'll see what pred, pred, predators it takes yeah. supposedly it doesn't it doesn't uh, uh, doesn't attract as many i hope so but <laughs> yep. So that's the story. Just All right, Marsha. Well, thanks for the call. I'm gra- I'm glad to have the update. Sure thing. I I I don't know anything about what 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 to do when I when I when I have ears of it. So if I am blessed mm-hmm. enough to get mm-hmm. that far, I'll call you. Okay, that sounds great. We'll we'll walk you through that. Thank you. Okay, take care, Marsha. Okay, thank you, Marsha. It's In the Garden with Peter Burke, and let's check in now with uh, Judy in Hyde Park. Hey, Judy. Hey. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, this is perfectly fine. I'm just listening to you guys. It's great. (laughs) Um, And usually you chat with my husband, John, each week, but he's away. (laughs) Okay. And I just had to call in and with a response to Nancy's call about her summer squash. Yeah. And if you'll remember, we had problems with a winter squash yep. with a white 
scrub. Yep. There's, I'm sure there's another name. But we had a vine, and this was starting on our summer squash, and it was starting at the joint where the vine oh, came up. And same, same, as, same as hers. Rotting. Yeah. yeah. So John got in there and cut it with a knife, uh-huh. and there was a black scrub <laughs> in that vine. Oh, man. So luckily, we haven't had more. We, we took that vine off. It was killing it anyway. Mm-hmm, yeah. Anyway, but I thought... Maybe Nancy ought to get in there and check, yeah. get rid of them if she can. Yeah, well, good good advice. I like that. And, and uh, I can't say whether that's just a variety of the same thing or something different. Usually the ones that I've seen is sort of like a ugly grayish grub, you know. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a different variety with the black grub. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I just thought, yeah, I'd call in and, well, whoever it's helpful for. Um, well, no, Judy, I really me. appreciate that. Right. It's great. And it's it's sort of, uh, it's uh, one of my theses is the garden fortress. And there are so many things that you have to prepare for and be ready for and, you know, and watch for. And it's like a, you you. You make a fortress. You you have all your tools to get in there and, and protect your plants, you know. Yep. And, uh, well, anyway, that's good news. Well, sort of. It's, <laughs> we thought it was bad news because we'd lost all our winter squash. Oh, yeah. Ouch. summer squash, and it only got that one vine. Well, so. you know how it is, is one of the most frustrating things is, is when you don't know what's causing that particular problem. And it's just like you grow these tomatoes and all of a sudden you pick one and the whole end of it is black, you know. That's right. Those things Peter, are... it was helpful. You know, that you gave us that helpful hint. I mean, it was too late for our winter squash, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we've saved our summer squash. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. Thanks for the call, Judy. All right. And talk to you later. Say hi to John. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okie dokie. Well, let us continue. And uh, Pete, we've got repeat in Barry. Oh, Pete and repeat. How are you? <laughs> good afternoon. I am fine. How are you? Oh, good. Good. What's going on today? <laughs> well, it seems to be a squash day. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, uh, so I harvested my, uh, as it happens, I harvested all my acorn squash. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it all seems fine. Yeah. But some of them have these white bumps on the outside of them. Uh-huh. Do, do they look like a, a mold or something like uh, that? You know, they, they're very hard. Oh, they're just a wart then. And that's okay, that's not uncommon. Wart. Yeah, it's just a wart, that's all. Um, and it? No. No, no oh. it's, it's fine. It's no problem at all. And squashes do have a tendency, certain squashes has, have a tendency to warts. And you don't see it so much in your butternut, but in your acorn styles, you know, you'll see more more warts. It's sort of like a, you ever seen a, um, you know, well, let's see, what variety would it be? Well, anyway, they, they'll they tend to, to be warty. Yeah, and I've, I've, perfectly natural, it's just like a mole on a person, you know, it's no big deal. Okay, well, that's that's good news. Yeah, sure. And uh, the one thing that we do, and I maybe I've mentioned it before, but the uh, um, we go ahead and do a, a Clorox wash, just a real. And that was going to be my next question. Yeah. What kind of strength are you talking about? Oh, a tablespoon a gallon, not not strong at all. You know, you can barely, you can only just barely smell it. You know. 
Oh, it doesn't okay, need yeah, to be, you know, strong, strong. It's just a wash, that's all. I see. And uh, uh, I, I will say that I uh, had uh, the vine type of grub. Oh, you did? squash. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and you know what, I... You know when they when the leaves started to wilt. Yep. Fortunately, all of our all of our squash was was for all practical purposes mm-hmm. was was green all over. Oh, that's great! You you, you know, just so made I it. Just took them off and yeah. The plant. You just made it. That's great. I'm glad to so hear that. A, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the uh, powdery mildew is. Uh, I was talking to uh, Paul Betts who who um, worked at High Mowing, and uh, he said that he plants uh, two crops of uh, his cucumbers because that powdery mildew is sort of a, is a, just a natural cycle for, for plants that are starting to get old. And mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting is that, you know, for certain varieties, you might just as well accept the fact and, and replant. But with the squashes, like you say, you, you got to make it to the end yeah, but but how would I prevent the uh, what's it called the vine? Yeah, yeah. Squash vine. The squash borer, yeah. Squ- yeah. Squash borer. beetle, you know, yeah. any one of them. Uh, the prevention. Um, you're talking about your your squash, your winter squash, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, because uh, if you have a real big problem with your zucchinis, uh, I grow uh, a variety that's an Italian trombone zucchini. And I grow that up on a trellis because it really trellises well. I mean, it has a long six, seven, eight foot uh, vine, and it grows, you know, a twenty inch, uh, a twenty inch zucchini that's only about an inch and a half around, and mm-hmm. it's, it's an excellent. But if your if your problem is with your winter squash, there's a couple things you want to do: is uh, make sure that the 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 squash plant is not laying on on bare ground. Um, to have some sort of a mulch under it. And, and what I've noticed that some people do and, and is a good plan is to, to lay down a, uh, a black landscape cloth down on the ground so that your vines are just on that, um, on that landscape cloth. And the other thing is, is you could use a, a nice straw mulch and let them grow on that straw mulch, and that'll, that'll help. And okay. the other thing you can do is to, if you have, uh, where do you grow them in, like a big bed or? How, yes. Yeah. It's a raised bed, but. Oh, it's a raised bed. bed. Well, you can use a sheet of black plastic and, or even clear plastic and, and uh, solarize the, the ground. But so you, you. In this area, I did that this spring. Oh, you did? Clear plastic. Oh, yeah. Hmm. In, the, in the area. That I that I plant. Okay, and so do you use any kind of a mulch or anything like that? No, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. All right, so you might try that, and uh, I think I'm trying to think of see they're going to come in. They come in as a like a fly, lay their eggs, and then the grub forms. So um, it's possibility if you do an early spraying of the uh, of the spinosad or even in Maybe a neem oil. I'd have to double check on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the two of them. Uh, I don't have Ed's book right here, so I, I can't check. But I, nope. I know that that both of those uh, usually work on any kind of a, a you know, a beetle, a, a flying beetle, or so. I see. I see. 
So you could try that early on because, well, when you saw this was almost, what, three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago? Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, uh, I, pulled, I pulled the plants uh, the beginning of this past week. Oh, okay. All right. And, so, and yeah. I, and they were starting to, you know, the leaves were starting to wilt, and I and, mm-hmm. and I looked at the at the uh, at the squash, and I said, "Well, these are these are ready to come out anyway." <laughs> and uh, so I just uh, I just uh, the beginning of the week I I took out the squash and yep. and uh, then pulled the plants immediately thereafter. Well, it's it's a funny thing to accept the fact that those plants have a natural cycle and they die. You know, yeah, it's exactly. sort of like a potatoes. You look at your potatoes right now, and they look like, oh man, what's wrong with these? Well, they're dead. That's it. They're done. <laughs> you know, they they well, finished. Yeah. They said, "I've done my job." You know, I, I have a, I have a small garden, and <laughs> yeah. and but but I uh, with with what you're saying, I I look at the garlic. Yep. And when it's it tells me when it's ready. To it does, yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, loud and clear. Thank you very much. It's sort of like onions. They just fall over and say, oh, yeah. that's it. I'm done. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, thank you very okay, much. Okay, Pete. For the thanks summer, for the call. I'm on my way. All right. Okay. Thank you, Ed. Uh, thank you, Ed. You mentioned his book. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> that's a compliment. My book. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good afternoon. Yeah, take care. Okay, thank you. Um, we, we, I had a question off air from a listener, fellow who was at work and uh, couldn't hang on the uh, telephone. His, well, my, here's my dog asking, uh, what, Winnie, what's your question? When we grow hamburger? No, it's not in the garden. No, no, no. No, but our uh, off air phone call. Um, he I guess he's looking for a project uh, that I would start in uh, late October, even November, where I am. And that's uh, when do you start thinking about planting your garlic? Hmm? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, actually, that's perfect because that was one of the things that uh, uh, I wanted to go over today was it's time to buy your garlic. And uh, the reason I say that is that it, by the time you turn around in a week or two, a lot of the varieties that you want will be sold out. Now, most of the, you know, I went to Johnny's and High Mowing and a couple of garlic websites and all the rest, and most of them list them as out of stock. Okay, because they won't really be ready until September 1st, you know, the end of August. Uh, But now is the time to place your order to make sure they're not out of stock when you want it. You, I don't generally plant until my birthday, which is mid-October. And uh, uh, I find that I really want to make sure that it's late enough that it doesn't start to grow. Because you, you don't want any growth um, in the fall. You know, you want to make sure that it's a, you know, you've had a good frost and, and the leaves are coming down and the geese are flying overhead. So you, uh, um, you want to hold off, try to hold off and do it in sometime in October. Now, I do know some people that, that uh, um, uh, go as late as November, but uh, they're over in Ithaca, and, and uh, I realized that I took their advice and held off last year, and I missed my chance because we had we had uh, an early winter and there was snow on the ground, and I never got back to it. So this year I'm I'm 
going to replant from stuff that I buy. This, the stuff that I grew just didn't really have enough time to, to be nice and big. So I'm taking the opportunity to grow some new varieties. And, but this is the time. This is time to get out there and buy that garlic. Or, you know, I suppose you can uh, go to the farmer's market and look at some varieties there and buy that. Um, the farmer's market generally is organic. Um, that's a good thing, but uh, they're not necessarily, you know, a certified seed stock. So uh, you might want to be a little cautious about that. Talk to the whoever it is who's selling it. But now is the time to procure your garlic for, for planting, but don't plant it until October. Does that answer the question? I think it does, okay. certainly, for, certainly for me, although I... When I did plant garlic, I did it in early November, but uh, yeah, got yeah. away with that out. In well, November. you're over in the yeah. banana belt yeah. there, yeah, you right. know, and you're not in the in the the iceberg here. Uh, and um, my advice is to only plant the hard neck in Vermont here. Um, the soft necks uh, I've had uh, very little luck with, uh, but some people swear by it. So um, you want to sort of search through the soft necks and and see which one says they grow well in cold weather. Uh, the reason people like soft necks is they want to braid the make the garlic braid and that and I understand that completely. But uh, the hard neck is a harder year variety and and uh, certainly if you're just starting out you want a hard neck. The hard neck specifically has a hard stem that grows up through the center of the bulb. Whereas the soft neck, there is no stem at all. You know, it's just the just the leaves are coming up out of the bulb. And um, let's see, I guess that's that sort of covers it, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. That's. I think that basically covers it. Uh, garlic are heavy feeder, actually, just like uh, onions. They're heavy feeders, so you want to give them uh, a good general fertilizer mixed in with the soil before you plant. You take and divide each individual uh, garlic clove, and I usually s stick it in my fingers and push down until it's about two or three inches deep. Uh, you can put, um, you know, like a mulch, sort of like a straw or something like that on them, and, and in the spring it will be packed down enough that it will come up through the straw. But uh, it's not a complete necessity. I've done it both ways, and and both ways seem to work just fine. Um, let's see, general fertilizer, yeah, yeah. And then uh, during the season, uh, every oh every week or s every couple of weeks, you want to spray with a, um, you know, the fish sea kelp fertilizer. Give them a spray. Uh, they like that foliar fertilizer, and you can have uh, uh, you know pretty pretty nice bulbs that way. And that's about it for garlic that I can think of right off. Yeah, yeah garlic's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm, of course, I'm making the pesto today, so I use the the basil, and I've got lots of parsley, and um, you know the garlic, and I mix that in with the olive oil, and then I make some batches with cheese because I like the the Parmesan cheese in it, and some batches without because some people in our family don't want uh, and, and cheese. And you don't uh, grind up nuts along with it, or do you oh walnuts. Yep, walnuts. I use walnuts just because because um, I like the flavor of them. You know, some people use. Uh, I'm I'm not 
completely allergic to pine nuts, but I'm sensitive to them. So I, I like the walnuts myself. And they're a whole lot cheaper than the pine nuts. <laughs> you have to buy a big sack of them you know, somewhere at Costco or someplace. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. But I, I, I like the flavor of the walnut really well. But any nut would do. You could actually use hazelnuts if you wanted to. And uh, so besides the pesto, uh, I'm going to be making dilly beans because my green beans, uh, both the pole beans and my purple green beans. Hey, do you know if the, the purple beans stay purple when no, you make they, them dilly? No, they'll, they'll, they'll green up when you dilly them. When you dilly them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, how do you take advantage of the dilly bean of the of the purple bean? You know. Well, for me, it was uh, getting the uh, youngsters to uh, eat their beans, and uh, they, <laughs> they 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 wanted them as their vegetable, you know, during the entire season, so they could when we uh, put them in the steamer. Yep. They could they could watch them change color. Oh, that's yeah. neat. Yeah, that's I like neat. that. Well, I I have the yellow and the uh, the purple, and they're just coming in now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I was going to make some dilly beans, but I wondered if I was going to use those. The pole beans that I have, uh, I'm growing the nor- the northeastern nor'eastern from Johnny's, and then uh, the musica from High Mowing, and uh, they're both the flat potted flat pod uh, uh, rom- Roma type, uh-huh. and uh, they grow enormous. I mean, they're like ten inches long, and they're flat, and they're still tender. Uh, so they're really, really productive. And I was in the store the other day, and there was a half-pound bag of uh, of green beans, and the price tag on them was like seven bucks. And I thought, oh my gosh, I I just harvested about a hundred dollars worth of beans. <laughs> I felt so much better. <laughs> well, a couple of years I did these. Um, at, um uh, pole beans on the the, the teepees, mm-hmm, yeah, and uh, but they w- weren't to be eaten. They weren't. I, I guess you could dry them, but they uh-huh. were very light yellow uh-huh. uh, and long, skinny beans with uh, little red spots on them. Uh-huh. But they uh, but they had gorgeous red flowers. Oh yeah, and that was they that, they say these are ones that you probably you know aren't going to use to to eat or or to, you know to dry and eat. I'm trying but to remember the, is that the cranberry or the dragon? Yeah, There's something, something like that. But yeah. it, whatever whatever whenever you see them available, they say attracts hummingbirds, and that was uh, what we did, and it was uh, wonderful yeah. seeing all the little hummingbirds coming. Oh, that's and cool. That was there. That well, that was their 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 part of the garden until the deer came <laughs> and claimed everything. <laughs> all the beans are growing on the teepees. Yeah. Well, for me, it was the chipmunks. They just, I, I grew those, uh, and I, I can't remember which one they were called, but anyway, they were spotted. Yeah. And uh, uh, the chipmunks absolutely love them. They just, they could not stay away from them. Now, this is this is the year of the chipmunks. If, if they're planning to take over as the dominant <laughs> species, this is their year to do it, like the, like the planet of the apes, you know, where you know, yeah. the new dominant species. Yeah. Alvin! Yeah, right, these guys, these guys already i've never seen so many of them yeah yeah well uh, as i i've noticed a lot of fox out around this uh this season and uh one of the guys at work actually had four fox uh one mama and and three babies come you know uh three pups i guess they called and uh they're all all grown up now and have moved on but yeah, at least full of chipmunks. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm fully. I'm sure they're full of chipmunks. 
Oh, goodness. Well, anyway, so uh, the other thing was uh, going to plant, I'm going to harvest my uh, beets. And um, I'm planning to make uh, pickled beets. Have you ever had done those? I haven't done them myself, but my yeah. wife buys them at yeah. the uh, farm, uh, you know, yeah. at the farmer's markets, whatever they're available. She'd love pickled beets. Yeah, right. And then uh, some of those beans that I don't use in the dilly, uh, I'm going to use for, I'm going to freeze, uh, blanch them and freeze them and uh, try to try to use those up that way. And then uh, uh, we harvested all of our new potatoes and now we're going on to the, the mid-season and then the late ones are still green actually, but the mid-season are starting to die back now and, and so those, those have to be harvested. One thing I've noticed about pickled beets is mm-hmm. that after you have a nice portion of them Mm -hmm. it takes about four washings to get the stains out of your undershirt (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) you're just wearing the wrong color t-shirt buddy (laughs) they used to have it at the uh, not the wayberry inn but the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, The wayside you mean no down in middlebury oh oh, oh, i'm forgetting the name well the prominent uh the prominent inn for years and years. One of they, one of their, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in their restaurant, they had the uh, the mobile mm-hmm. uh, appetizer mm-hmm. bar and uh, pickled beets was one of the pickled beets was feature. one of them. And of course, it was this yeah. great, great uh, story in which uh, some distinguished person came in uh-huh. with with completely white suit and, and oh dear even, even white buck shoes <laughs> and apparently someone dumped the pickle beets oh no all over him so it was one of those famous that's the, that's the end of that story yeah, that's I, for we, sure that story was told to me when my when one of my daughters was still in a high chair and she managed to spill it but only all over herself yeah. <laughs> at any rate pickle beets are wonderful everybody yeah. have any extra yeah I was surprised <laughs> in the recipe how much sugar was in them oh yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, they're pretty. They're, there's a lot of sugar in the pickled beets. So. And there's natural sugar in beets. You know, you get mm-hmm. you can extract sugar from beets. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. Some cultures, yeah. That, that that's the the sugar beet. Sugar yeah. Beet, yeah. And uh, let's see, what else are we doing in the garden? Um, well, of course, even though we've had rain, uh, it's really not enough, and so you need to get out and make sure you water, particularly. Uh, we've replanted uh, our lettuces, and the lettuces are just coming up. And I planted some uh, lettuces, and they, they you definitely have to keep watering yeah, those th- guys. This year, they seem to want to bolt a minute to plant them. But yep. Anyway, we have another caller. This oh, will okay. probably be our final uh, correspondence with oh, a boy, listener of the day. And, uh, uh, well, so we will say, uh, ask you your first name in town, please. Hi, this is Ellen. Hi, I'm Ellen. I'm calling from North Williston. Hi. Okay, North Williston. All right. Well, there's a lot we could talk about with the garden, but yep. I just wanted to move on to your pickled beets real quick. Okay, go ahead. When you make your syrup, you're saying a lot of sugar. Yeah. I use, I use maple syrup a lot when mm. I make them. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and that's what a good really idea. yummy, but you, but you really need a source for that. And honey works. And you can do them in small batches, but make uh, what I wanted to call is is make your syrup steep with your herbs or your spices. Okay. And do that for a day or two, like heat it up. Oh, what a great idea! Yeah, yeah. See, and then it'll get more concentrated, and taste it. And when you hit the taste that you like, that's when you want to bottle them up. 
Oh, that's great! What a what a good idea! I like that so and if, much. And if you do, and if you do small batches, mm-hmm. keep track and of what herbs or spices you use. Yeah. And and ask people who are eating them, which one do you like? <laughs> okay, I'll do that. <laughs> and I use hot peppers in a lot of mine. Really? Of course, a lot of a lot of people don't care for that. Yeah, I could. I that's. Not, that sounds it's certainly very not my mother's pickled beet, right? Well, there's a few <laughs> things here that they mention, of course, um, in the recipes. Is uh, well, like uh, onions, right? Uh, I don't know if yeah. you use those, but they also meant f- the uh, cinnamon sticks and whole cloves. Uh, what else is there? Cardamom. Oh, cardamom! I, I didn't. I've sure. never. S- yeah. Your, your peppercorns are nice. Oh yeah. Okay. All allspice. All huh? Sure. Interesting. It almost starting to and sound it, like a, a the uh, the pickling season to, that you use well, for. I, well, that's what most people use. Oh, the pickling season for for because yeah, uh, yeah. there's two types of uh, pickling season you can be, get. Is one is for the sweet and one is for the you know the vinegar. So. Right. Right. Uh, huh. So. So I would just wanted to tell you that because I I make a lot and I find when I do, you know, like I'll do three or four jars of one con one mm-hmm. flavor. Mm-hmm. So then you don't have your whole yeah. amount of beets in in something you don't care for. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So you could you, you know experiment. What I mean? Well, what was I the other one? Is uh, it was like a orange peel. You ever tried that? I'm not fond of it. No. no. Okay. All right. No. No. How about? No. If, ginger. If I'm gonna, yeah. well, you know what really makes a nice flavor? No, is uh, what? Like rose hips and stuff like that. In really? It to give it that tartness. Boy, I got a lot of rose hips this year. Yeah, hmm. it's real pretty too. So you mean like the the whole thing, the whole the bo- whole hip? No, the, the whole, whole hip. hip. Just throw that right in there. I'll be throw darned. Throw it right in there with the beat because it's pretty. Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Wow. I usually don't put the spices in the jars. Oh, you don't. Oh, that's no, why you you I, let that's it. That's why uh, I steep it. That's why I uh, steep it, and then I take this, either strain the spices out or take your spice bag out. Uh, uh. And then and then you've got a, a cleaner product for storing. And wow. don't forget to open them up around the uh, high holidays, <laughs> and put your your eggs in them and pickle some eggs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's sort of like the dilly beans. We make about thirty of those quilted jars. It's a pint and a half, and uh, it just it, we pass them out all during the holiday season. And I always bring it as a house gift if we go someplace, and you know we go through them pretty quick. Well, it sounds like the beets would be just like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They can be very tasty. Yeah. Enjoy them. Okay. Thanks for the radio show. Oh, you're very welcome, Ellen, and I, I'm so glad you called in and, and with some good advice. I appreciate that. Yeah, and what kind of salt do you use, just on the last note? Uh, just regular um, canning salt, you know, pickling yep. salt, yeah, yep. right yep. from the store. What about you? What are you using? Oh, well, that's what that's what they always recommend. I yeah. mean, that's what, yeah. you know, otherwise you get discoloration and, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But mm. I never use white vinegar. I always use either a wine vinegar, uh, a the, white wine vinegar, or the, my favorite is um, the cider vinegar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Apple cider so vinegar. I use, yeah. I use real salt out of Redmond, Utah, which is a 
No. Well, you can look it up online. Okay. Look up real salt. Real salt, And huh? it's got minerals in it. It's pink. It's never oh. heated. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, very pure. I've seen and that. And I put that... I put that in my pickles, and I get judges' choice at the fairs. So oh, minerals right. settling out aren't that major. You know what I mean? Well, thank We're you. All big kids. We've yeah, we've had up. a master master class in pickling. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know that's what the old time. Um, well, what do you call them? We don't have them too much anymore. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm talking Real about? Salt. Where everybody got together. Oh, sure. Yep, you know, like a, a pickling bee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You no, know, I'm thinking the Grange, the Grange. Oh, sure, yeah. The Grange is the I got you, yeah. I think I'm going to offer a course to the Grange. They've been after me a few years. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, um, I haven't done it yet, but they, uh, the Grange in Montpelier wanted to do a class on the um, indoor salad gardening. Yes. And I usually do that at the co-ops and sometimes around. Um, but that's that's a great class. And I'll bet the, the pickling class would be very, very... Oh, speaking of pickling, I, I'm going to do my uh, uh, the refrigerator pickles. Oh, that's, lovely. Those are wonderful. I, I really like them. Do you make those? I do. Yeah. I do. I make a lot of quick pickles like that. Yeah. Because they're yeah. so tasty and uh, So, absolutely. Absolutely. You can go and through a gallon. And you eat them up. Yeah, I was going to say you can go through a gallon <laughs> jar of those in no time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Whereas if you put them up and they're all jarred, nobody knows that you've got to eat that gallon right up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you enjoy your pickling. All right, Ellen. Thanks for the call. Have a good one. Yeah, Thank you. you. Too. Bye. <laughs> okay, well, that's a great way to... Uh, Come to the uh, final moments of the program. Yeah, so yeah. A lot. Well, um, you're going to do a break, and then I'll finish up. Or I think, do you? No, I think we've done our break. Oh, okay, so. good. So there's two things I want to finish with. Is uh, one is as a reminder, we were talking about the squash. Is that when you water, you want to water the soil and not water the plant. And uh, I forgot to mention that, and I, I just don't want to to miss it. You know, this this is. Um, it's a big help. I know that there's plenty of dew and stuff like, you know, that there's plenty of moisture on the leaves, but usually um, that goes with the morning sun. But if you're watering uh, the plants a lot with like a sprinkler or something, then there's a lot of water on, the, on those plants and maybe they don't dry out as much. And the other thing was um, called a couple of weeks ago about the blueberries and she had the, the little... Uh, the little fruit fly on them. And I mentioned a few things about it, but uh, as I was picking my blueberries uh, last week, it was sort of like, oh, you know what I forgot to mention is that you got to make sure you pick up any blueberries that are on the ground. You know, you want you don't want to leave them down there because that's where, you know, that's where the, the larvae that are in the blueberries, you know, um, uh, live and then they go down into the ground and then they become flies and so you want to prov- break that cycle a little bit so if you're having that problem make sure you pick up all the old blueberries okay buddy okay well thank you very much and do join us again yeah. next week with yep. Peter yep. in the garden absolutely inch by inch Row by row, gonna make this garden grow. 
Menards family-owned True Value store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridgeport. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown right here in Vermont. Main Street in Colchester. Check them uh, online, Clausen's.com, for their mega Monday coupons coming up. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway. They've got everything right there on the East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need, right there on Route 15 in Walkett. And by the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Do join us again next Saturday for In the Garden with Peter Burke at 12:30 during the noon hour. All it takes is a rain and a bow and a piece of.